Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hey there, welcome to the program. My name is Gary Zimak. Come on in, make yourself at home, have a seat. We're going to be here for the next 30 minutes. Well, at least I am. I hope hope you can stick around, too, as we look at the Mass readings for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The message, all power comes from God. Now, listen, as I read over these, these Mass readings today, I was thinking, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world. I don't I know you don't need me to point that out to you, but listen, it's easy to get frustrated with the state of the world, especially those of us who live in the United States, speaking specifically for here. Well, certainly the world's crazy, but I look around our country, the U.S., and I see a lot of craziness, a lot of questionable decision-making. It almost seems like God isn't in control, doesn't it? Well, let me assure you, he is in control and here's the, here's the interesting thing about these readings. The, the message is this. Ultimately, our ruler, our king, is God. He is in control. He is the one to whom we owe all tribute, all praise, all glory. It goes to God. We must obey him as, as Catholic Christians. That is our responsi- responsibility, our duty. That doesn't mean we don't obey lawful civil authority. We do, and that's what the church teaches. So there's that that balance there. So we're going to let the Holy Spirit decide exactly where I'm going to go with this today. The point I think you're going to see clear is that ultimately those in power are empowered or allowed to be in power by the Lord. Can they abuse that power? Absolutely, they sure can. But ultimately, he is the one who is in charge, who allows people to be in power, in charge of others, if you will. But when we go about our daily business, we need to ultimately respond, obey, serve our Lord Jesus Christ. He's our ruler. He's our king. And in the not too distant future, we're going to celebrate the solemnity of Jesus Christ, king of the universe. He's our boss. He's our master. He is the one whom we must obey. And again, that doesn't mean we disobey civil authority unless there's a conflict. You know, and that sometimes can be challenging. So we'll talk about that today. I'm really going to depend on the Holy Spirit to to make the point that's supposed to be made. I have some ideas, but 
This is a touchy area, and I want to make sure the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Um, and, and, and as a side note, and I, I touched on this already, I want you to not panic if you look at the state of the country, the state of the world even, and think, oh my gosh, we're out of control. God has lost control. No, God hasn't lost control. But due to free will, he's allowing things to happen. That's the way he's always operated. Don't think for a minute that he can't bring good out of this craziness or that he's not in charge. He is. So we'll look at that too. That aspect is important. We need to talk about that because I run into a lot of people who are stressed out by the current state of of the country, the current state of the world. It, It happens. So if you happen to be one of those people, I pray that you can get some comfort today and we'll look at our responsibilities in this whole thing. We do have responsibilities. So we don't want to just say, oh, God's in control. We need to sit back. No, we have a role to play. So we will discuss that as well. We got a lot to discuss, don't we? So let me let me stop talking so we can pray and I can unleash the power of the Holy Spirit on this program so that we can deliver them so that I can deliver the message that I believe God wants me to deliver. So if you'll join me, I just want to pause as I always like to do and just call to mind the fact that God is present with us. He's present with you. He's present with with me. And it really doesn't matter where you are right now. I know where I am. I can't see God as I look around, but he's with me and he's with you too. And he allows us to come together and begin this show with prayer each week. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. So with that in mind, let's turn to our Father in heaven and begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege, the great privilege of being able to address you, the ultimate ruler, the God of the universe. Father, so many people claim to be powerful. So many of our rulers and leaders claim to be totally self-made, totally in charge. Total, they're totally confident in their power. But Father, we as Christians know better. We know that you are the one in charge. And even though you allow us to have various successes and even failures, ultimately, We can't do a thing without your permission. So, Father, we turn to you today and we acknowledge that. We acknowledge you as the ultimate ruler of the universe. We acknowledge your goodness. We acknowledge how much you love us. We acknowledge that you created us out of nothing. You didn't have to, but you chose to do it. And, Father, we turn to you today giving you thanks, giving you praise. And we ask you to bless us and our loved ones. Please protect us from any kind of spiritual or material harm. Please please keep us close to you. Let us grow closer to you each day for the rest of our lives. We pray, Father, for our needs as individuals, as families, as parishes, as countries, as a world. And we ask you, Father, to guide us so that we can go out into our world, wherever that may be, and make a difference by proclaiming your good news, by furthering and advancing the kingdom. Father, I ask you to use me today as your instrument. Please give me the words. Let me know what it is that I'm supposed to say. Please guide my thoughts and my words for the remainder of this program. And please open all of of our hearts and all of our minds so that we can hear your message 
and put it into practice in our lives. Father, we ask these things in the name, above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. It's always a pleasure that we can spend a little time looking at these readings and also praying together. It means a lot to me. Hey, I want to thank you for all of your comments, for all of your your prayers, for all of your financial contributions to keep my ministry alive. I'm very, very, very grateful. Uh, I want to let you know something, too. You know, if, if you've been with me for any period of time, you know that the, the season of Lent is a very busy one for me. Once my book, a Warriors, um, Give Up Worry for Lent, came out, things took off, and I began to do Give Up Worry for Lent parish missions. And I've, I've done a lot of them. This year I did seven of them. We, we started before Lent. It was so crazy. And I had to turn uh, several churches away. I want to let you know that for 2024, I have one opening for a Give Up Worry for Lent parish mission, one opening, and also I could probably squeeze in some single day talks and or retreats. But if you're interested, I'm going to tell you, you'll have to let me know as soon as possible because it's kind of late right now. But what I'm finding is that parishes are booking later. That's why then I I see a a difference in the post-COVID era as opposed to what it was like before 2020. Parishes are booking later, and and I don't fully understand the reason, but it's happening. But what happens is I get a ton of requests as we get closer to Lent. But right now, I can do one additional three-day parish mission. We can do two or three days, whatever works for your parish. But you got to let me know as soon as possible. So if you're interested, or if you want to find out more, please send me an email at gary at followingthetruth.com. Or go directly to my website, followingthetruth.com, followingthetruth.com. And I hope to be able to come to your parish, maybe your conference, whatever it is, so that I can deliver this message that it is possible, with the help of the Lord, to break free from worry. Again, followingthetruth.com is the place to go. Now, I speak throughout the year. It doesn't have to be during Lent, but Lent is the time when I get the most of my requests. So... If you're interested, let me know. All righty. Let's look now at the gospel. I I always, if you're a first-time listener, I I say this a lot, but I'm always getting new listeners, so I want to make sure everybody understands what I do. It's a little different. When I look at the Mass readings, I begin with the gospel. I follow the, the Church's guidance that the gospels have a place of prominence among all Scripture readings. They're all the Word of God, the inspired Word of God. However, the gospels are the best source that we have for the life and the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if we want to get to know Jesus, the Gospels are the place to start. So I like to begin with the Gospel, and then I back up and look at the other readings which the Church chooses to support the message in the Gospel. And that's how I always try to arrive at a theme. I pray about this before I start the program. I look at what I believe is the theme, and I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. And that's why putting all these readings together... I come up with the theme of God is the all power comes from God or God the ultimate ruler. And that, that's what these readings are all about. So with that in mind, let's look at the gospel for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The gospel today is taken from Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 21. 
The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. Aren't these guys great? You know, these are these are the religious leaders of the time. It's very, very disheartening to see that they are so closed-minded that they are looking for ways to entrap Jesus because they don't want to believe that he is the Messiah. They've got this preconceived idea, and they refuse to believe that he is truly the Messiah. So they went off, they plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man, and you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. I love how they're buttering him up. You know, these guys are, they are, they're devious. They really are. They don't have good intentions. We know you're a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. In other words, they see him hanging out with those who they don't want anything to do with. The lowlifes of the world. You know, the people that the Pharisees were, the best I could call them, uh, are religious separatists. They were the elitists. They didn't want anything to do with the common people or the people who didn't believe as they did. Jesus came to save everybody. The Pharisees were very restrictive. They felt that only certain people are worthy of the kingdom of God, and they shut out so many people. Absolutely the opposite of the way Jesus behaved. So, you do not regard a person's status, they said. And then they continued, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, see, Jesus knows what these guys are all about. Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. Now, that shut them up. They didn't know how to respond to that. And here's basically what he was saying. Ultimately, Caesar only has so much power. And yes, if the government is saying that we as, as, as Jews need to pay taxes to the Roman rulers, we're going to do it. We are going to do it. However, ultimately, we are answerable only to God. And this is what his message is for us. We report to a higher authority. Yes, we we are obliged morally to to obey legitimate civil laws. We are. But we're more obliged to follow the law of the Lord, the commandments, and especially when there is a difference. If there's a difference, then we are absolutely bound morally bound, to obey the Lord. You know, and a lot of times there's no conflict. But if there is, we have to remember that ultimately our King is Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father is the ruler of the entire universe. First reading, and you're going to see how this first reading supports that. This is a reading from Isaiah, Prophet Isaiah chapter 45, beginning in verse 1. Thus says the Lord, to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I grasp, subduing nations before him and making kings run in his service. 
opening doors before him and leaving the gates unbarred. Now, I just want to pause for a minute and talk about Cyrus. Cyrus was the foreign, non-Jew, king of Persia. Cyrus came along at the time the Jews were captive. They were being held captive in Babylon. They were carried away. The temple was destroyed. They were held captive in Babylon when Jerusalem was defeated. Cyrus was the one, the king, who conquered Babylon, freed the Jews from captivity, and allowed them to go back to worship in their temple. So he is highly regarded by the Jews because of the fact that he won that freedom for them. So this, this reading begins, thus says the Lord, to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I've grasped, subduing nations before him and making kings run in his service, opening doors before him and leaving the gates unbarred for the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen one. I have called you by your name, giving you a title, though you knew me not. So what the Lord is saying is that he is using Cyrus, King Cyrus, a non-Jew, as his instrument to free the chosen people. And this is, the, this is the beautiful thing about how the Lord works. We think about the world. We think about the state of the United States, for those of you who do live in the U.S. You can get depressed, right? And you think, how is good going to come out of all this? This is inspiration for us and a reminder that even though things look bad, even though the Lord allows evil to continue, he allows it. Doesn't mean he's not powerful over, doesn't have power over it. He does. Even though evil is all around us, the Lord can still bring good out of it. He doesn't always do it as, as fast as we would like, but he can do it. And this is a case in point. That's why scripture is so powerful when it comes to finding comfort and answers in life. We look to the history of what the Lord has done. And we see so many instances like this where he's used somebody very imperfect to do his work. Not too long ago, I was uh, during the daily mass readings, the church uh, has um, for, chosen for the daily, the first reading, the book of Jonah. You know, the story of Jonah is an amazing one. Jonah is this prophet who had a really bad attitude. He was sent by God to go to preach a message of repentance, to call the Ninevites to repentance. So he was sent to Nineveh telling the people, and God said, go tell the people, listen, if you people don't straighten up, I'm going to wipe you out. It's a tough message. Jonah didn't want to do it. And Jonah did everything in his power to try to get away from going there. If you're familiar at all with the story of Jonah, you know what happened. He ended up overboard, swallowed by a giant fish, commonly thought to mention, commonly referred to as a whale, but the Bible says a giant fish, spit up on land, and then the, the Lord said, okay, Jonah, let's try this again. I need you to go to Nineveh. Jonah still didn't want to do it, but he went. He did the bare minimum. He didn't give anything extra other than you people need to repent or you'll be wiped out. The people listened to him, right, even though he had this bad attitude, and Jonah was mad that God showed mercy on the people because he didn't think they were worth it. That goes to show you to another example of God using a very imperfect person for his instrument. Who knows why he, chooses who he, why he chooses who he chooses? We don't know. He's God. He knows what he's doing. So Cyrus was chosen to free the Jews from captivity. And the Lord's saying to him, I have empowered you, Cyrus. I'm the one who's leading you to 
be successful in your military operations. There is no God besides me. It is I who arm you, though you know me not, so that toward the rising and the setting of the sun, people may know that there is none besides me. I am the Lord. There is no other. So listen, as, as powerful as any ruler, as any business person, as any individual may think they are or brag that they are, ultimately, they're only being given that power or allowed to, to have that power because of God. God chooses who is alive today. If, if it wasn't for God sustaining us, we would not be alive today. We need to remember that. Very, very important message for all of us. Sometimes we all get a little carried away, maybe with our accomplishments, but it is only because the grace of God that any of us can do anything. The responsorial psalm, and, and so then we turn to the Lord and recognize that. See, Psalm 96 is the responsorial psalm, and, and the response that we say is, give the Lord glory and honor. You know, ultimately, He is the source of power, not anybody on this earth. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you lands. Tell His glory among the nations, among all peoples, His wondrous deeds. For great is the Lord and highly to be praised. Awesome is He beyond all gods. For all the gods of the nations are things of naught, but the Lord made the heavens. Give to the Lord, you families of nations. Give to the Lord glory and praise. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Remember that gospel? The Lord asked for that coin. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Give to the Lord your glory and praise. That's who needs to get our glory and praise. Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring gifts and enter His courts. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before Him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is King. He governs the people with equity. Give to the Lord glory and honor. And you know... Something to consider is when you and I go to Mass to participate in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, that's exactly what we are doing. We are joining in the sacrifice of Jesus, the ultimate act of worship to His Father, to our Father. That's what we're doing in Mass. We are giving the Lord glory and honor. Sometimes it's easy to forget that, but every now and then it's, it's good to have a reminder of that's why we're there. We are at Mass to worship Almighty God and to join in the sacrifice, to participate in the sacrifice of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. Not just to sit there as a spectator, but to participate in the ultimate act of praise as members of the body of Christ. It's an incredible privilege. It really is. One that I forget sometimes. I forget the importance of it. I mean, I have a general idea, but I need to really get myself psyched up before Mass. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate and blessed to be able to go to daily Mass, and I try to always take some time to really appreciate as best as I can. You know, of course, we got the distractions of life, the, the craziness, all the busyness going around on around us, but I try to do what I can to, to remember this fact that we are participating in the ultimate act of worship to the Father, which really the most important thing any of us can do any day is to go to Mass. Really, it, it's that important. All right, second reading, uh, St. Paul's the first letter of the Thessalonians, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, remembering you in our prayers, 
unceasingly calling to mind your work of faith and labor of love and endurance in hope of our Lord Jesus Christ before our God and Father, knowing, brothers and sisters, loved by God, how you were chosen. For our gospel did not come to you in word alone, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with much conviction. You know, one of the things that, if you want to look at this, this what we're doing today, these readings and talking about the uh, that God is ultimately all power comes from him. Look at what we've been given. Look at what we've been given when we are baptized into the Catholic faith. We are given this opportunity. We are adopted as sons and daughters of God, and we're given a future home in heaven. You know, that that's already reserved for us. It's there. It's waiting. Now, is there anything we can do to mess it up? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. That's what our faith teaches. Yes, the, the, the house is there. The abode is there. Whatever you want to call it. The mansion is there in heaven waiting for me. It's got my name on it. It's up to me to cooperate with the grace the Lord gives me. The only way I'm going to get there is by virtue of the grace poured out through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The main way we get grace is through the sacraments and through prayer. Two main ways we get grace. But now still, even though I get that grace, I could could receive Holy Communion every day, go to the sacrament of confession every week, and still choose to not cooperate with that grace. You know, I could just take it and, and like getting a package, a present, and not opening it. I need to cooperate with it. In other words, I need to receive that grace from the Lord and then go out and use it to love God and love other people. That's what I'm called to do. And if I do that, and this is not working our way into heaven, but if I do that, then one day the Lord's going to say to me, either upon my death or if he comes again in glory, if that happens before then, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. You know, enter in the joy of your master's kingdom. This this is the reason why the the Lord told us that parable. Because we need to do something. We're just not going to, you know, roller skate into heaven. Which is pretty funny if you've ever seen me roller skate. But you, you know what I mean. We need to cooperate with the grace. The only reason we're getting there is because of the grace the Lord gives us. But we still have to do something with it. So ultimately, this, as we look at this second reading, there's a reminder that we too, just like King Cyrus, just like Caesar, the Lord enables us to have power, to have power in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and we should be grateful and we should recognize where that power comes from. And, you know, I'll just take it a step further. Even if you're if you're able, and I, I, not everybody's able, if you're able to attend Mass, you know, you might not be able to leave your home, and I understand that. But if you are able to drive to Mass or to get a ride to Mass, somehow God allowed you to be present. Even the very act of worshiping God, we can only do because God gives us the power to do it. Every little thing. I can't go to Mass if I'm not alive. I can't go to Mass if I'm bedridden. I can't go to Mass if I don't have a car and I have nobody to drive me. You know, I can't go to Mass if I'm in prison. If, even the very act of worshiping the Lord is only possible because He gives us the power. All power comes from God.
Amen? All right. I'm going to just assume you said amen there. Hey, guess what? We're out of time. I want to thank you for listening to the program. Remember, if you want to invite me to speak at your parish, especially for Lent of 2024, act quickly. Contact me at my website, followingthetruth.com. And also, if you're able to donate to my ministry, that would really help me to keep going. I'd appreciate that. You can do that also at followingthetruth.com. Let me know if you have any questions. Gary at followingthetruth.com. And if not, I I look forward to joining you next week right here on the program as we look at the Mass readings for the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Have a great week. God bless you. Thanks for listening.